What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, everyone. It's FMC. I'm Jeremy. That's SV3. Week one is in the books. SV3, I'm not looking. My bet's not looking good. I just got to say it. My bet's not looking good. I Devin Booker got hurt. This bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Devin Booker gets hurt. I mean, it, it, you had Devin Booker get hurt, heading, hurting our bet. My team, the, the Brooklyn Nets, are not off to the greatest start. Uh, you know, uh, I guess Kyrie and KD decided that they were only going to play 47, and, 47 minutes and 45 seconds of game one and decided they were just going to put their head down while Tatum get to the basket. And then uh. game two um Kyrie Kyrie uh treated treated his game like a vaccination he didn't have any of it <laughs> no shots no shots for Kyrie let's start there let's start with uh Brooklyn and we'll, we'll get to the injuries but let's start with Brooklyn Boston because for my money that game one has been the best game of the playoffs so far and there's been some really good games in the playoffs but that game has been the best game in the playoffs coming down to the final two possessions Kyrie was absolutely cooking all game they had a shot to pretty much ice the game they were up one in the final 10 seconds and they could have iced the game but Kyrie dribbled himself into trouble KD had to take a a tough shot uh because because of Tatum's defense got the rebound did not call the timeout go down the, the other side Brown finds Marcus Smart just great patience by Marcus Smart to pump fake not take the the three after the pump fake not even take the initial three and then he got in the lane, and instead of like taking a floater or any type of mid-range shot, found Tatum, great spin move, get the get the layup in the dying seconds. Just an all-time closing stretch in, in this game, in, in game one. And then the Celtics win that. They go on to win game two. Kevin Durant ain't looking like Kevin Durant right now. I think he had uh, game two, second half, like 0 for 10 with like five turnovers. Yeah. That, that ain't Kevin Durant right there. That's that's game six. Okay, see Kevin Durant, which and fuck Kevin Durant. I don't care if they lose this series, but I like to see when Kevin Durant plays well because he's just a fantastic basketball player to watch. Where are you at on this series? Are you, do you think the Nets are done? No, I I I. I... I have to like check people's mental capacity if you could look at those first two games and think that this is going to be a five game or sweep. Like they, bad company built right here. He said season know, six. It might not go more than I, five. I know he 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 established last week. He's a Boston Celtics <laughs> fan, and they. I always question the mental capacity of some Boston Celtics fans. I am a Laker <laughs> fan after all, but no. Um, I think they took care of business in Boston. Now it's time for Brooklyn to take care of business in Brooklyn. The crowd is not always the best there, but I think they're going to be behind this team. They they don't have another team in New York to cheer for, so why not just put all your all your coins in the Brooklyn Nets basket? I think that KD, I doubt that KD will have 
games like these first two games in Brooklyn. I think that he's going to he's going to be on the money. He's going to get over 30 points. I think Kyrie, he doesn't have back to back games like he had in game two. I think they're perfectly fine. Now, if they lose in Brooklyn, then I'd be worried. Then I'd be like, okay, this is now a totally different series. Brooklyn is really have their back against the wall. But Boston just took care of business in their hometown and they won total. they won those first two games by a total of eight points. So they they were both close games. It's not like Boston. I mean, game two, the Nets had the lead the majority of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, the Celtics ended up taking over and winning the game. Game one, it literally came down to the last two possessions. Kyrie makes a shot or KD makes a shot. Somebody makes a play on the offensive end. Then uh, Boston has to, you know, if it's a four-point game, I don't know what they're doing in those final seconds. If it's a three-point game, they need the three. Somebody just plays defense on that final possession or they, they stop Tatum. It literally came down to the last two possessions. I'm not writing the nets off. The The old saying is series doesn't start until uh, a team wins on the road. Nobody's won on the road yet. So, but they got it. They've obviously got to win two. You don't want to go down three, one heading back to Boston. I think Durant will play better. Uh, in fact, how many bills says Katie looks gassed. Uh, he should fall in game three. He does look gassed, but I, he can't be this bad in game three and four. Like it, we got to have a vintage Kevin Durant at one of these games and it should probably come game three because they can't afford to go down uh 3-0 and they're going to need him to play good in game three because i don't think they're they're winning game three if he plays like this again they've the fact that they've played both of these games close without him playing well is probably a good sign for them it's just not a good sign that they've lost both of these games and they've and he hasn't played well in either of these games so we will see what game three holds do you think there's a chance that we get a Ben Simmons appearance in game three or four. I think that Ben Simmons might play at minimum 15 minutes between games three, four, and five. I may even throw it in five there. <laughs> I, I think that he may come back in game four. Maybe they'll they'll see how he is on the court, but I don't expect him to play uh, big minutes because that's going to just break up the flow. But like I said, I'm counting. I don't know if they have a flow. I really don't know. Like their defense isn't that great. Like no. they don't have much in terms of perimeter defender. They don't have much in terms of rim protection. And like at least Simmons is going to help out on the perimeter to stop that's people true. from getting to the rim. Offensively. I mean, I watched a lot of Westbrook and Durant days. There was a lot of your turn, my turn stuff. And that's, and that's the vibe what this I is. get. Yeah. Yes, that is the vibe right now with Kyrie and, and Durant. The and only time KD had to play within a system was in Golden State. Where right. they... And even then, he still wanted to do his own shit. Um, but yeah, I this is very similar to, okay, your turn, my turn kind of stuff. And that ain't the way to go. Steve Nash, love him. Second favorite player all time, not OKC, uh, behind Jordan. But there ain't much. It doesn't look like he got much of an offensive system there. No. And, you know, I don't know. He doesn't quite have the personnel because his best playmaker is Kevin Durant. Like, Kyrie, he's the point guard. Kyrie's never been much of a playmaker. He's always been a shot creator for himself. Durant is their best. He's very much the Allen Iverson archetype. Yeah. Where he's a he's a short two guard. That's what he yeah. really is. Exactly. He's he's not much of a playmaker. Durant's their best playmaker, but he isn't someone who he's not a guy that like runs the offense, like running pick and roll. 
and stuff. He's a guy that kind of play makes because of his own gravity, if that makes sense. Um, and they just don't have, they don't really have a pick and roll partner for him in the first place. They got shooters around them, but their personnel isn't great. At least with Ben Simmons, I know he's not going to really get his own shot, but he can get to the rim, like his, his length and athleticism, like he can still get to the rim and he's not like a bad finisher around the rim or anything. Obviously you put the ball in his hands. He can create for, for others. It would be the biggest thing. And that would take a lot of pressure off of Durant as the primary ball handler and the primary playmaker. So I think he, I think he gets in game four. Um, I would, even if they're down 3-0, I would play him game four just because he's going to be on the team next year. You might as well try yeah. to see what you've got with him right now and get him just familiar with everything right now. I know it's very thrown into the fire if you're just going to put him into the playoffs, whether it's game three, four, if there's a five, it's very much thrown into the fire, but you've got to figure out where Ben Simmons fits with this. And you might as well throw the guy into the fire, assuming I mean, there is the mental health aspect. Like if he's ready to go and he says he can, he can play, then get, get him in there and get him those reps with these guys and get that established and rolling. I think we do see Ben Simmons at some point in this series. I don't know how much of a difference he actually makes because they play basketball in a year. And he's not only not played basketball in a year, he's on a completely different team that he's never, he's never been with before. He's had like a month and a half, two months of practice with these guys. And I don't know how much like he's doing in practice. You see all the Twitter videos of, Oh, he's shooting threes. He's shooting mid range shots. He ain't doing that. shit. He ain't doing that during the game. <laughs> yeah. He ain't doing that shit in the game. Um, And I don't know what kind of system they have in Brooklyn, like what they're doing in practice of kind of plays and stuff. They're running practice. Practice just seems like, all right, Kevin, your turn, Kyrie, your turn. Everybody else just watching shit. So I don't know what they're doing there. I do think we see Ben Simmons in the series. I'm not writing off the nets because Boston still needs to to win a game on the road. You get up 2-0, that's that's a pretty good sign for a team. But 2-0, I mean, we saw it last year in the finals. Teams can come back from 2-0 very easily. I would kind of be shocked if Boston loses this series right now. And if they do, I don't know what happens to that team. That's a a very scary Nets team if they're able to fight back from down 2-0. And if Ben Simmons does come back and he is a big-time game changer for them. Yeah, Boston looks like a well-oiled machine. That's why, I, like I said last week, I, le- I left the door open. I called the Nets in seven, but I left the door open because it is a, I thought it would be like a one-possession type of game. And the first two games kind of attest to that. Even with Kyrie having an awful game too, KD having two awful games, they lost by a combination of eight points. So I'm still going with my bet that uh, this is going to be, you know, you take two at home, they're going to take two at home. I think that when we they go back to Boston, it's going to be 2-2. I still have faith in the Nets. I still have faith in Kyrie. Got faith in KD that he won't have two games like this again, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But, yes, the door is still open for me to switch my pick next week and say Boston's going to win here. But it could be over next week. SB3 is going to change his pick and be like, you know what? It's over in, like, five. And SB3's I think Boston in five. (laughs) 
Absolutely, I'm still leaving the door open. But you left the door open on a series that is now 3-0, sir. Yeah. With the MVP, Joel Embiid, showing why he's the MVP with a game winner in Toronto. He he turned the fate around. He was the man that defended Kai, uh, Kawhi Leonard on one of the best shots in playoff history. That three in the corner that took them out that led to Toronto getting to the conference finals. And now Joel Embiid has turned the fate around and it looks like he's about to either sweep or win in five over Toronto in a series that we both said would go seven games. It doesn't look like it's going that far. Game one, I just like Philadelphia blew him out. I just kind of wrote it off. Toronto game one, it doesn't seem to matter who's on the team, who's coaching the team. They just suck in game one. Game two, the Barnes injury, I think, really hurt them because he had a great rookie season. And then yeah. him being out like really affected them. Game two, they didn't play well in that one either. But it comes back to you got to win a game on the road. Game three was Toronto's chance. They got a big lead early. They were a couple free throws away from just winning it in regulation. And Precious missed those free throws in, in the closing seconds. So they could have just won it in regulation and ended it there. Hard and fouled out. They had to defend for 0.9 seconds. On that final possession, on the inbound, they had nobody guarding the inbound. They had really, like, it felt like nobody was on Embiid. I don't know what kind of defense they were playing on that inbounds play to Embiid. All the credit in the world to Embiid. That's a tough shot for anybody, not just the man his size. Like, that is a very tough shot with .9 seconds. And he hit that, and he played great. He, I mean, he's he's been the MVP of this series. That's that's un- unquestionable. Um, but that was a tough shot. That was Toronto's chance. I think Barnes is going to play game four. Maybe Toronto gets game four. I don't think it's really going to matter because I don't see – look, I the Sixers, Harden, Doc Rivers, I ain't saying they, they're going to sweep. I'm not even going to say they're uh, – you know, I don't put it past them to blow this. Of course, of course. Doc this, Rivers and James Doc, Rivers, <laughs> Doc Rivers is the coach you want to face if you're yeah. not 0-3. <laughs> yeah, I don't put them – I don't put it past them to blow this. But Joel Embiid's a different level than anybody else on the court, especially anybody else on Toronto right now. I don't really know what Toronto can do to to get back in this series, to win this series. I do think they could possibly win game four. I'd be shocked if they won game five. So it looks like, yeah, Philly's going Philly's gonna to win in, in five at the most. I thought this would be a more competitive series. I do think Barnes' injury hurt Toronto more than you would like to think. But at the end of the day, Philadelphia made the big comeback in Game 3. And Toronto has nobody but themselves to blame with blowing that Game 3. Because big lead, they had all the momentum. Harden fouls out. Free throws away from winning it. Don't defend the final point nine seconds. That's on you guys. All the credit to Philadelphia. All the credit to Embiid. For, for making that shot and everything. But that's on Toronto for not just really just fundamental stuff, free throws and playing 0.9 seconds of defense on the inbounds. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, though. The Barnes injury is the, the real crucial point. And I don't remember a first week of the playoffs having this many injuries, oh, this many man. crucial injuries. Like, we talked about Booker <laughs> at the start. Barnes is my pick for rookie of the year. I know Mobley had a hell of a year as well and is very close between them. But I think Barnes had a bigger effect on his team than yeah. Mobley did on the Cavs. So I that's why I, I give my vote to Barnes. So I do agree that's a time injury for them that's another defender that we talked about last week that could have you know on the double team on on Embiid affect him some bit but it's really been the Embiid show in these first three games like he is just that good and I you know I, I was listening to the commentary on game two and they were talking about when Doc Rivers came to Philadelphia he asked Embiid why aren't you an MVP candidate and Embiid says I don't know and he was like well it's because you always shooting these these jump shots and you're not in the paint more you're not getting free throws more he's averaged the most free throws this year that's what I said that's why he should have won MVP last year but I am giving it to him this year. I know the first round doesn't count for MVP, but he is the crucial point because this is not the James Harden that played for Houston. This is not the James Harden that has been an MVP candidate, a scoring champion. This is a very reduced James Harden. There is a reason that he talked himself out of a place on the Brooklyn Nets when the Brooklyn Nets had probably three of the best ball handlers and scorers in the league. There's a reason why they they had to trade James Harden because he's not the he's not at his peak his peak shape he he's a very round individual when he looks more round than Embiid that's an issue he did play great defense I will give it to him in game two because I watched that game very closely he was getting steals he was getting blocks he was playing very well yeah offensively he's just I just haven't seen the James Harden that played in Houston that was an MVP candidate so that's why I say the reason why Philadelphia is a fourth seed the reason why they've been one of the top teams in the east is because Joel Embiid is a certified MVP candidate and in my opinion the MVP of this season and he will continue to make me look right throughout this first round so I do agree with you I'll give to because Toronto has Nick Nurse one of the best coaches in the league i'll probably give them game four and you know you know doc river is going to take his foot off the gas with a 3-0 <laughs> lead so i'll give them game four but yeah i think they're going to finish things up in game five this ain't going seven games like we predicted no last week. no this i'd be shocked if this goes seven games unless scotty barnes come back and he's just a man on a tear but i i don't and i love scotty barnes i think he, he's going to be a very great player in the league i mean his rookie season was very over expectations because people thought yeah. he was going to go six to OKC. Like there was a lot of chat that like he was going to go six and then pre-draft, he jumped up to four to Toronto and people were like, Oh, that's not really a reach. Like he's been very oppressive in all these pre-draft workouts and everything. And like you said, like I would, I would give rookie of the year to Mobley. You can easily make the argument for Barnes and I'm not even mad at that. Similar to where I'm not mad if you want to pick Embiid, even though I, I still think it's Jokic and the first round is meaningless when it comes to regular season MVP. It shouldn't um, be meaningless because they don't give out the award until after the first round. The first okay, round, well that that's mind, the real issue should, should be included. Okay, that's the real issue then, isn't it? Give the award out before the playoffs even start. I, and I you're still agree. gonna get you're still gonna get the the knocks of like okay well Jokic look they're probably getting swept okay I th maybe they win game I, four they're probably getting swept. 
like you like last week you you gave him one game against yeah. this this warrior team and I gave him two I I didn't I I underestimated the buzzsaw that is this oh, Golden State Warriors team that team's back like they, that team they are they is are. 100% back and Steph coming off the bench just be like yeah sure I'll come off the bench and just drop 30 like whatever <laughs> who cares Jordan Poole like we've talked about him a little bit but we said he was legit, and he is very legit. And Clay, how is he not most improved player? That's what yeah. I'm wondering right now. Because that I said, stupid. I said at the beginning of the year that he was going to be uh, six man of the year, or him. I said it would be him, or um, I forget, I forget his name right now from uh, Miami, but um, oh, hero. Yeah, Hero, Tyler Hero. So I said either one of them would be uh, sixth man of the year. But Jordan Poole, like I said last week, he played too many, uh, started too many games. So he should be a most improved player. Uh, John Morant, I know he had a great year. But John Morant was rookie of the year in his first year, an all-star in his second year. How the hell is he most improved his third year? This is just a natural progression. It's not he's the most improved. Jordan Poole was a G League player and went from G League to being a part of a potential Western Conference uh, finalist, it seems, because that that three-guard um, lineup with those three, Wiggins and Draymond, I don't see anyone, especially with a banged-up Booker on the Suns, I don't see anyone in the West who can compete with that lineup the we got to get the suns we got to get the suns healthy it looks like the warriors are gonna win honestly in four maybe jokic does end up getting the game that that i thought he might get but draymond's been great on him and that was always going to be an issue for jokic is is draymond is so good that you don't need to send like a double at him like draymond can just kind of like hold his own and they just don't have enough around him to where okay even if Jokic is neutralized a little bit, this guy can get his own shot. This guy can create. They got none of that. Absolutely none of that on that team. And without Murray, without Porter Jr., it's just not a good team. And that's why I think Jokic is the MVP because he somehow led that team to a sixth seed and a, a very good record in the West. And they, that team has nothing. You see how bad this is. One, you do see how good the Warriors are when they're fully healthy. And we knew even at the start of the season, when we were doing our, our preview to start the season, we talked about like, oh, the Warriors, that's going to be an issue. People are really sleeping on the Warriors because you're going to have healthy Clay, healthy Steph, healthy Draymond. That's That team, we know what they are capable of when they are healthy. And they showed it early in the season, and then they got banged up throughout the season. They're healthy again. Jordan Poole has emerged on top of those guys being healthy, which is even scarier. Wiggins, I mean, Wiggins was an all-star for some reason. But Wiggins has like played his role, and that's, that's all you need. Not, a, not just an all star, because you could just get an all star because someone gets injured. He was an all star starter, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like he was an all star. So what the <laughs> fuck. Um. So he's played his role, and then some. And now Poole has emerged, which has knocked Wiggins back, but he's still been very good on this team. Like I, I think a lot of people were writing off the Warriors before the season, not us. Yeah. And now they are healthy, and we just see how good this team is. But this also just goes to show just how bad this Nuggets team is. Like without Jokic, they have nothing, absolutely nothing. And the Warriors are going to be a bad matchup for anybody. It's an extremely bad matchup for the Nuggets. Hi, <laughs> running. She she ran back in. Say hi. Hi. Say hi. No, you looking at mommy? <laughs> like get me out of here. <laughs> 
of course she had to do her running. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Jokic had the game that you expected from him in game three. And then yeah. and it wasn't still, enough. Like <laughs> wasn't enough. They had yeah. other they had three other players yeah. in double figures as well, and it just wasn't enough. So I, I yeah, I think this is gonna be a sweep, honestly. But I, I will say the Nuggets, even though they're down 3-0, they don't look as bad as the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, oh, okay. Let's let's get into this because the Timberwolves won game one. I thought this was like a fine matchup for Minnesota. One, because we didn't know how Memphis was going to be first playoffs and everything. I told you, Towns, he, he kills Adams. And what, what do the Grizzlies do? They just don't play Steven Adams, like smartly. This is what, this is what killed me about Billy Donovan in, in the bubble when we should have beaten Houston is – we should have just gone the all small lineup against Houston in game seven because it was working in game six. Like it worked. And then it's like, Oh no, we got to play Steven Adams against Houston. Even though Robert Covington is there and he, and Adams can't do anything. against Covington. I told you towns was going to kill Adams. He did that in game one. And so Memphis is like, we'll just go small. We'll just play Jackson at the four. And we just won't play Steven Adams. That worked for them. This is still though. It worked for them in game two. They did it in game three. And uh, Minnesota adjusted. They adjusted enough because Patrick Beverly, for some reason, just turned into – I don't know who to compare him to. He's throwing alley-oops to the backboard, off the backboard to himself. He's, like, posting up John Morant. He's just, like, shredding the, the Memphis defense. Like, he's, he's just out here. He's looking like Tracy McGrady. Like, Patrick Beverly's out here looking like that, Tracy McGrady. That was a Tracy McGrady move when he did that. I was like, yo, what is he doing? Is he, like, he's just going into business for himself. I I, I feel like, you know, D'Angelo Russell, he always, uh, you know, has, like, a, a good amount of points when you look at the box score, but he doesn't really have an It doesn't impact. influence the game that yeah. much. Yeah. Like it's it's weird. I mean, Anthony Edwards is Anthony Edwards. He's been playing well, but that, that, uh, those those leads you're up by like what? <laughs> no excuses no excuses for last night if you're minnesota you got up big early and then memphis made a run at the end of the half to close it to like nine points at the yeah. end of the half and but then it was like oh okay minnesota might be in trouble they rebuilt the lead they were up like 25 26 in the yes. last minute of the third quarter they entered the fourth quarter with the 20 plus lead like they were up huge into they got outscored like 31 or 36 to like five in the fourth quarter I don't know, maybe they got some garbage time points it was an insane because they nearly lost by double figures how are you up 20 plus entering the fourth and you lose by nine like how is this possible they, they i don't lost. understand and it's not even it's like oh well fuck john moran just got hot and they couldn't do anything about dylan brooks just got hot they didn't even get anybody like getting hot. Like nah. Memphis just like beat them with just everybody just beat them. And Minnesota couldn't do anything. Absolutely like nothing. Towns couldn't do anything. Towns got four shots. All right. I don't know what goes wrong when your best player only gets four shots. I understand that the defense is like swarming him. They're denying him the ball and everything. They mix it up. If you're Carl Anthony Towns, you just got to find a way. To get more to get more than four shots if you're the coach you got to find a way to get him free to get him more than four shots if you're the other players you've got to do something to get him more than four shots like that is just absolutely unacceptable i know patrick beverly was feeling himself and thought he was michael jordan or some shit but <laughs> you're you're not the best player on the team you're not even the third best player on the team all right you got to find the way to get your best player 
more shots. If you're Russell, if you're Edwards, you got to find a way to just create offense and and just score. Like I don't know how you get how you just go that cold and do nothing in that fourth quarter. Credit to Memphis. They did a great job in the fourth quarter. A, a comeback like that doesn't happen if one team no. doesn't push it and get it, but a collapse like that doesn't happen if one team just completely just shits the bed. And Minnesota absolutely shit the I don't know how you come back from something like that. Minnesota could like they could win this series and we're gonna look like idiots next week. I really don't know how you come back from something like that. That's a demoralizing type of yeah. loss, honestly. And they lost they lost the fourth quarter, ladies and gentlemen. 37 to 12. 37. Right, so they to did 12. end up getting the double figures, but and it it was legit like 31 to 5 at one point. And then because they won the fourth the first quarter 39 to 21. Then they won the third quarter by nearly 10 points. Like is it was just the the even they were like the uh, they were like the Golden State Warriors, except the Golden State Warriors still played in the second and third in the fourth quarter. They always did very well to start off. You know, the talk about the KD Warriors where they you know came out the first quarter bang gangbusters and then you know would take it down a little bit in the second quarter and then they would come back in the third quarter and completely take over the game and that's what it looked like minnesota was doing and then they just completely collapsed like you said um carl anthony towns i said it last week i have no faith in him like i i had faith in him going into the play-in and i was like you know he was the best player on the court against against the clippers so that's why i was taking timberwolves over the clippers and but like what he's shown me in the first couple of games he was good in the first game against memphis but the last two games it just hasn't been good and that that performance last night was just like how how does he how is your best player only have eight points on four shots like what are you serious he he was good against adams i always like that matchup credit to memphis for making the adjustment and just like pulling steven adams i don't think he played like a single minute last night like credit to to make that and and pulling steven adams but yet I like Carl Anthony Towns. I'm I'm actually like I'm probably higher on him than most because I I and he's just very good. Like you don't see a big man who shoots like that. Like he's yeah, a knockdown shooter. Um, but the fact that he doesn't always create his own offense is an issue. And this is the thing. Like people had the debate, and, and I think Towns kind of sparked it. Like I'm the best big man shooter of all time. And Kevin Durant is like, and we just like forget about Dirk Nowinski. Like what are we doing here? And, like, the thing people forget about, like, Dirk is, one, he's a better, like, all-around shooter than Towns. If you just want to talk, like, knockdown shooters, maybe, maybe I'd still probably lean Dirk. The the biggest difference between these two, though, is that Dirk, he's creating his own shit. Like, you can yeah. feed the ball to Dirk, and you ain't got to worry about it. He's going he's gonna to take his little, you know, one-legged fadeaway and everything. He's going to get his own shot. Towns, he can't create for himself he doesn't deal with the double team well he doesn't deal with swarming well he doesn't fight enough for the ball to to get it in his spot enough and like that's an issue knockdown shooter he's a great shooter but as far as just like getting his own shot he's he's definitely not in Dirk's league when it comes to that I still like Towns this is not good that he he really is a very good basketball player and yet this is the second time in the playoffs the first one look they were up they were at eight seed they were up against the the one seed houston that was that that was tough this one they're a seventh seed but you've just got to do something to help yourself 
here, and he just hasn't done anything to help himself. The play-in against uh, the the Clippers didn't speak too good uh, for him either. It's tough. I like Towns. I think he can still be a very good player on a very good team. I don't think he is a one option, and I don't think at least yet Minnesota has another one option. I it's not D'Angelo Russell, and I'm actually a fan of D'Angelo Russell too. It's not I him. Am too. Baby Lakers all day. <laughs> I don't think he's a one option. Anthony Edwards, he could be he that is. guy. He's yeah. not there yet because yeah. this is like his second season, I believe. So he's not quite there yet, but he's shown a lot throughout this season and then in the playoffs. I do think he could really emerge as a one. And then if that pushes Towns to a two, Russell to a three, maybe they can figure things out. But I think right now Towns is still kind of the one, and I don't know if he's fully accepted that he's the two. And it's it's tough. It's a weird dynamic for them. Towns has got to figure something out to, to just be better. At the end of the day, Minnesota should have won game three, and they completely blew it. And credit to Memphis. I mean, that's a team that fights. That's a team that isn't going away easy that's a good basketball team i mean they're yeah. they're the second seed for a reason i don't like their chances against the warriors but that's a very good basketball team absolutely and this is the team that if you're the timberwolves if you're one of the bottom half teams in the west you wanted to go against memphis you didn't yeah. want to see the suns you didn't want to see the warriors you rather had first the grizzlies out of those top three teams so that's why i think that people had higher expectation than it was probably necessary for the timberwolves i still think this is going six seven games i know i said last week. i, I actually agree yeah, I had Memphis in, uh, you know, seven games, and I'm going to stick by that prediction because, you know, like we said, Timberwolves should have won that game. It was demoralizing. I don't know how they're going to respond in game four, but lucky for them, that Minnesota crowd has been deprived of playoff basketball for such a long time. They're going to be still behind their Timberwolves come game four. So I still have faith that they're going to even things up before we get back to Memphis. And then Memphis, is it's a game of who's going to win on the road. Once it's 2-2, that's what I feel like a, a playoff series really gets kicked off. One playoff series I don't see going 2-2 uh, is <laughs> the Utah Jazz, me and uh, the Utah Jazz. Uh, and I watched, I watched game two so closely because I was like, game two is going to determine if Luka Doncic has to hurry, has to yeah. rush back. I said that. I was like, I was like, it's Jazz, just take care. Uh, just, uh, you know, get two wins on that Dallas uh, home court. They, Luka Doncic has to hurry back game three, and we don't know what type of hurry, Luka Doncic we're going to get. But once Jalen Brunson and Maxi Maxi Kleber was the difference makers in game two. I was like, man, Luka Doncic, he could he could he could come back game four, game five. Like if it's two two by then, then save him for game for game five. I don't even know anymore if Luka Doncic has to play for Dallas to beat Utah. These are actual discussions I, I had with my friend about this. Is the, the Luka injury, game one was close, right? Like, game yeah. one was close. Utah pulled it out, and my friend is like, I think Luka's got to play game two. Like, it seemed like Dallas had their shot in game one. Doesn't feel like they're going to play that well in game two. Utah seems to have it figured out. I'm like, dude, I didn't really watch game one. I watched game one. I was like, dude, Utah sucks. This team is absolute garbage i like i really think dallas can still get the split here and you go from there like this team is good and then i said like you know what dallas could honestly lose like both of these games 
And if they can win like game three or four, obviously game four, if they're down three, like, I would not be shocked if like Luca just plays game four, if they're down three Oh, and they still come back and Utah blows a three Oh lead. And if Luca comes back in game four, like this Utah team is not good. This is, kept, this is what I was telling him after game one, a game in which they won. I know this team is not good. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you. And then it, Dallas wins game two. And like, I told you, this team is not good at all. And he's like, oh, Luca's got to play game three. Like they're in Utah now. Like they'll, they'll figure it out. No! Like, I feel like he's like, he's like, Luca's got to play game three. Like, I'm like, God, I'm telling you, like you, you got the split. That's all Dallas needed was just get, get the split that buys them a game. Even, I said it. I was like, Utah could win both game three and four, and they will blow a 3-1 lead if Luka can come in game five. This yes. is not a good team. And he's like, oh, I think Luka's got to play game three. And then Luka got ruled out game three, and I texted him. I was like, Get, Luka's out game three. It's fine. Like, Dallas is fine. He's like, I don't know. This is good. Last night, watching the game, Utah, they're, it's like the third quarter, and they're down like 78, 60-something. I was like, Utah is trash absolute trash all right and then uh what's his name does the cheap shot on brunson fortunately he was able to to come back it was royce o'neill fortunately he's able to come back it's like utah is absolute trash and then they win that game i texted this morning i was like what did i tell you and then you know it looks like luca might come back game four and like they shouldn't even bother. Like they shouldn't. Yes. They should. They should save them for Game Five. Honestly, like, what do you have to lose? You're on Utah's Here's, home court. You're up two one. Like, if it's two two, it's a brand new series, and then Luca's back. Here's the reason why I'd probably play Luca Game Four if he's good. If you're like worried about like any type of injury risk, don't risk it because at worst it's a two two series, and you've proven this team ain't very good, and you can beat them without him. But here's why I do it is you want Luca to get back into some type of rhythm for the second round. And you you want to do that, like you want to do that with a comfortable kind of two-one lead instead of a a kind of maybe like a pressure two-two where it's like, oh, Luca's back. He's feeling the pressure to maybe like carry the team and stuff. You could ease him back in two-one of like, okay, Luca's back. He can just kind of play comfortable and loose, play his game. And if he's not like fully feeling it, it's like Hey, take a step back. Let Brunson do his thing. Let Dinwiddie do his thing. Give Max a bunch of shots still. So I think that's why if he's feeling like good for game four, I'd probably play him just as a rhythm and comfortability thing. But otherwise, this Utah team, dude, this team sucks. Just absolute. We said it last week is that even with Luka being hurt, I still don't trust Utah, but I would think they would beat this Dallas Mavericks team that isn't very good without Luka. And game one was close. They had to fight scratch claw for game one. Rudy Gobert had to have like the defensive performance of a lifetime for them to win game one. And then game two and three, they've lost. Last night's game wasn't even that competitive. It was, game three, game two, like was competitive in like Utah or Dallas just hit a, a bunch of big shots and everything. Last night wasn't even that competitive though. This Utah nope. team, I don't know what they do in the offseason, assuming they, they lose this first round, which feels like a good right now. I've watched enough Utah in the playoffs to, to know that I don't see them fighting this fighting back and winning this series. Um, I don't know what they do in the offseason. I feel like O'Pair's got to go. You can build around Mitchell, but I've said this for a very long time. Donovan Mitchell, very good player, like offensively good, very streaky offensive player 
overhyped because of what he did as a rookie against OKC. A yes. garbage OKC team with Mello that just had very high expectations because like, oh, Rush, George, Mello, like this team is going to be great. But then Robertson got hurt and the defense fell apart. And Mitchell, as a rookie, just completely torched them. Everybody's like, well, Donovan Mitchell, he's the second coming of Jesus over here. And he's like, look, just because you beat this OKC team that I watched all season and could have told you wasn't as good as people wanted to make them out to be, doesn't mean you're that great. And I still think Donovan Mitchell is very good, but he has just failed to live up to just that rookie performance. And he's failed to live up to it because he just beat a bad team. Like, he just beat a bad OKC team. It's as simple as that. And then yeah. I mean, we saw what happened to Portland. Portland beat a shitty OKC team the following season. They're like, oh, Portland, this team's great. It's like, no, you just beat OKC. Beating OKC doesn't mean shit. All right, just because you beat that team doesn't mean anything. Look what the Warriors did. All 3-1 against OKC. Hey, fucking lost to, to Cleveland. Just beating OKC doesn't mean anything. It means that people are going to overhype you for a year or a couple of weeks. Um, But yeah, I I do agree with you. Donovan Mitchell, I think that he's going to be a very good to great number two on a potential championship team. But the fact that the Jazz has them as their number one, you've, you've made it clear that him and Gobert don't work with each other, let alone work together well. They don't really even want to work together, and they don't even want to pass the ball to each other. So this is just a team that was just meant to lose in the first round. They're, they are a fifth seed that probably should have, in that West, should have been a top four seed, but they weren't. And, yeah, it's coming to fruition right now where they're losing to a Luka Doncic, luka list Mavs team. I was like dumbfounded by game two. Game two, I, like I said, I watched that very closely. And Jalen Brunson was just like their kryptonite. Like he was getting into the lane, getting little floaters. He was passing it out to Key to Maxi, and he was making threes. And it seems like we got the same, the same fruition uh last night. It they they are just not ready for the playoffs. They shouldn't even be that high of a seed. They shouldn't be a fifth seed. If the Nuggets had one of the players they had injured, they would probably be facing the Mavs right now, and Utah would be getting torched by the Warriors. But because the Nuggets didn't have anybody besides Jokic, they had to go through the buzzsaw that is the Golden State Warriors. And I, I think that if this was the Nuggets versus the Mavs, this would probably be the opposite. It would be 2-1. Nuggets and not two one the Mavs. So like I said, like I I understand your theory of you know bringing Luca back if he is healthy. I would only I would say you know hold him off or if anything if you are gonna have him play let him come off the bench do what the Warriors are doing oh, with Steph Curry. No, he's probably he not coming off the bench. He's, pro- <laughs> he's probably not. But that's what I would do just to get him ease him back in because you don't want to rush anything because I think that. Honestly, even without Luca, the Mavs are winning the series, and then you have to verse the the Suns without Booker. They have a much better chance of having of having a win over them with a healthy Luca, who probably takes off one more game before coming back in Game Five against the Suns without Booker. So. I mean, th- that's an interesting series because that's one that we said would be four or five games. And after how the the Pelicans looked like uh, looked last night, there is stretches of that game where Brandon Ingram was the best player on the court. And you, like I said, uh, with the playoffs, the best player on the court usually wins. So 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It's going to be very interesting the next couple of games between the Suns and the Pelicans. We may see this go down to like game six or game seven, which looks really bad for your bet as well as for the Suns' chances in the later rounds. When when the Pelicans beat the Clippers in the play-in, I was actually very excited because I think the Clippers were kind of a tougher test for Phoenix than, than the Pelicans. I didn't trust the Pelicans' defense. I like what they had offensively. I've always been a big fan of, of Brandon Ingram. CJ McCollum's been playing great in New Orleans. Like offensively, those guys can go off. But defensively, I just well, Chris Paul's just gonna like torch this defense. Devin Booker is just gonna torch this defense. I mean, that's exactly what they did in game one. That's where it was heading in game two with Devin Booker going off until he got hurt. And I was like, I feel like the Pelicans could or I feel like Phoenix could sweep New Orleans. Like that would be great for my bet. They'll get they'll get the the Jazz or the Mavericks in in round two. Like okay, maybe they get a game. Like maybe maybe one of those teams gets a game. But overall, like I like Phoenix's chances against both of those teams. And then if they got the Warriors, I mean fuck, they could lose that series even if they were healthy. That would have really killed the bet. Um, but if that goes seven, one game in the first two rounds, seven if they win, that's four. I'm still good. So I was very excited when they got the Pelicans and then Booker gets hurt. They lose game two. I I have no confidence that they, this could go, this could easily go six and they're losing two. They play the, the, the Mavericks in, in round two without Booker for at least a couple games, even with Booker that could easily go six. And then it's dead before even the conference finals. So yeah, it's not looking good with Devin Booker's injury. It's very sad that Devin Booker got hurt. I want the best players to be healthy. You know, like injuries suck. Even take take the bet aside, SP3. Like you want the best players to be healthy. You want to see a healthy Suns team, which has been the best team all season against this Warriors team, a healthy Warriors team in the conference finals. No one wants to see this Suns team without Devin Booker against this Warriors team that's healthy in the conference. That's not fun. That's not fun. Even though the Suns That's a sweep. Good, That's a sweep yeah, way to have it. You want to see the best players play. And Devin Booker, he's been one of the best players in the league this season. Like He's the best player on the side. I love Chris Paul, but Devin Booker is just a completely different dynamic for them because he's, he's a flamethrower. Like, that's a dude who's going to drop 40 on you at any given moment. So it's unfortunate he got hurt. Bet aside, you just want to see the best players out there on the court. And unfortunately for the Suns, we're not getting, I hope as they said two to three weeks. I hope they can get past new Orleans. And then, cause like no, no offense to new Orleans. They're a good team. It's a very good story, especially where they started the season. They ain't, you don't have faith in them to make a run. It's just like, okay, cool. They won because the Suns were banged up and stuff. You want to see the best teams go at it. And the Suns are the better team, at least on paper, win healthy, I mean, not even on paper. Game one proved that they're just like the better team, and they were probably going to win this series in in four or five. Uh, you want to see? I want to see the Suns and Warriors in the Western Conference playoffs because that's what we deserve as fans, and that's the best matchup. Like that, that has the potential to be an all time series. Chris Paul, Steph Curry going at it again. Like 
Like the good old days. It is it, it's it's a redemption series for CP3 because the last time he was in that position in the conference finals against the Warriors, he went down after game five. So I would have loved to see it, but it is kind of karma. What happened last year in the first round? Wait, what are you doing, karma? We were up 2-1, and AD went out. He gets injured, and we lose that series. So, And it was on a freak accident type of play like it happened to Devin Booker. So the the basketball gods are just getting getting karma because the the Suns got got a red carpet to the NBA Finals last year, and they're making the road a little bit tougher because it looked like they were going to get the red carpet once again with Luka. Dantage injured with Steph Curry not healthy heading into the playoffs, but the Warriors look like they're on the money. That's going to be a tough series. Uh, the Luka Dantage look like he's going to get back in this first round. So the road is going to be tougher regardless if they got Booker or not. I hope Booker is back. I do agree with you. It's just going to make for a funner conference finals when it probably eventually is Suns versus Warriors. But I like to see the Suns earn it a little, and this is them earning it a little with having to face some type of adversity. They haven't had to face any of it in the last two seasons besides the regular season with Chris Paul going down. I want to see them have some adversity here and get through it. I believe in the Suns to make it to the conference finals, but I like that their road is not as much of a carpet ride as it was last year. Look, I'm fine if it's, they don't just get the carpet rolled out for them and they've got to face some adversity. I don't want injuries to be that adversity. Go down 2-1 or something to, you know, have to fight back but be healthy and stuff. It's not their fault that they were the best team in the league, SB3, that the West wasn't as good as people may have thought. That's not their problem. Injuries suck. There's no karma. It's a horrible take. Karma. Karma. Karma is real in the NBA. Karma is real, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, the West is very interesting. Like I said, it's like the all-injury team is ridiculous. This this playoffs, you know, Chris Middleton going down for the Bucs has just made our our Bulls, uh, you know, I know the Bulls fans are in the the chat. I see Jeremy uh, saying who's ready for a Bulls 2-1 lead. I don't know if they're going to win tonight. I think Giannis is going to step up and he's going to win game three but this is going to probably be a lot longer of a series than we predicted last week it it certainly is i thought that i thought maybe the bulls would get a game just a courtesy game 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 one the bucks really didn't look that good they won but they honestly they weren't looking uh very good in that game game two they again weren't looking good and then middleton got hurt which obviously didn't help their cause they the bucks made it competitive at the end like Giannis decided to step up and and made it competitive in the end i'm still taking Giannis over anybody that the bulls have and i'm going best player on the floor drew holidays gotta be better i mean we kind of talked about it last week budenholzer still isn't like a good coach just because he has a championship (laughs) i still don't have like any faith in him as a coach just because they won the title last season but at the end of the day, they got Giannis, and that's just a guy who's like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to go out here and just dominate in all aspects of the game. And that's certainly what I still expect to happen. Losing Middleton hurts them. I hope Middleton is healthy for the second round because they're definitely – maybe they don't need him against Chicago. They're definitely going to need him against Boston or Brooklyn. And we need – we just need these guys healthy. I still think uh, 
the Milwaukee wins this in six. Maybe it goes seven with this Middleton injury, but I still like Milwaukee in six. But credit to the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls, DeRozan did what he does in game one. He played great in game two. Alex Caruso. Let's bury the Lakers a little bit here, SP3. How, how do you let Alex Caruso just walk? This was this man was clearly the key to the defense. This man's all over the place. He could have covered up a lot of holes for the Lakers. He's been a big turning point. When the Bulls were like really good early in the season, like Caruso and Monzo were just like wreaking havoc defensively. And they were playing yeah. great. And then they were getting points from DeRozan and Levine. Like they were they were a very good team. And, and that's why they got off to this big start. And then the injuries kind of hurt them and they fell down and then they couldn't beat any of the top team, no matter it seemed like who they were playing. Lonzo, I don't think is going to play, but Caruso yeah. is still fucking things up on the defensive end. So former Laker, great Alex Caruso. Hey, you know, I always say that. I always say that they're always the Laker greats that come through. I I always called that our biggest misstep of last offseason, even bigger than getting getting Russell Westbrook was letting Caruso go for nothing. For nothing, yeah. they let Caruso go. That was a mistake. I, I loved uh, Alex Caruso on last year's team, on the year before that. I thought that he was a crucial part of our defense that won the championship in the bubble. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was a mistake to let him go for nothing, and he's showing why he was a, a crucial part of our team this season with the Bulls. So, yeah, he looked great in uh, game two defensively, doing his thing, and – I'm just not here for the Lakers slander. I know some of y'all are, but we are not in the playoffs. I don't want to hear nothing about the Lakers until Jeremy has to do the PowerPoint presentation on why the Lakers are going to be a great team again. Make oh, the Lakers got, great again. Um, I've already got a nice rough draft of that coming too. Get ready. Four Get more ready. losses. Four more losses for the Suns, and then Jeremy has to do the PowerPoint presentation. We're gonna we're gonna make a whole thumbnail of Jeremy with like a Lakers hat. <laughs> no, I want like I want it, I want like you on the the stand up for WWE, but it's oh, gonna be your face oh, with really a Lakers good. hat. That's actually really stand good. up for the Lakers. <laughs> It's going to be great, ladies and gentlemen, the build-up. We're building anticipation for that. But, yeah, the first week of the of the playoffs was fun. I Like I said, I've never seen this many injuries, though, that really are kind of messing up our predictions from last week. You know, we talked about most of the series that, you know, kind of are going the way we expected. You know, Heat being up 2-0, that makes a whole bunch of sense against the Hawks, who feel, it feels like the Hawks just – played their hard outs to make it to the playoffs and they got nothing left. I think they are going to get a game. They were, against they were in it. They were in yeah. it in game two. They were in it in yeah, game two. But I, I'm, mo I'm mostly talking about Trey Young. Trey Young looked like he, he gassed out. He he put all his effort into the play because yeah. he he hasn't been Trey Young in these first two games. I expect him in, in Atlanta to play better. So I think that they will make this probably a five-game series. Maybe if Trey is like is ice Trey, he makes it a six game series. But yeah, this is definitely the the Heat's the Heat's gonna win that one. And as yeah, I mean we talked about Boston, we talked about Milwaukee and the and the Bulls. That one is a little bit more surprising than anything. But I think that the, so far the week one outside of the injuries, we we kind of have gotten what we've expected. We talked about Utah being Utah. We talked about this uh, Grizzlies. Um, 
Minnesota, as well as the the Nets and uh, Celtics. Even though that's a 2-0 lead, it's kind of, like I said, it's only been decided by eight points. That's still a very close series. The only one that kind of is not going the way we expected is Philly and Toronto. But we we seem like we know what we're talking about with the NBA so far. I don't know if that's true. I don't think we really know what we're talking we about. We do. But... We do. We are better than Skip. We're true. better than Shannon. That's we're better true. than Stephen A. Uh, Kendrick Perkins. Man, Kendrick Perkins can't even uh, pronounce words properly. So we're, we're better than all of these. We're better than M- former NBA players. Damn it. Tracy McGrady, he's got some terrible takes. Terrible takes. Bless yeah. Tracy McGrady. Man, they've hit oh. Max, Max Kellerman with uh, Keyshawn Johnson and Jason uh, Williams. <laughs> Jay, Jason Williams actually is one of the few analysts that actually makes some sense with a lot yeah. of things he says. So I'll give him credit. Uh, NBA playoffs week two. I'm, I'm excited for, for what's about to happen this week. Nobody get hurt. Please, please. We don't need any more injuries. We've had enough injuries. You can start an all-star team with the injured people (laughs) out of these playoffs. Like you got Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Zion Williamson. Like I'm not counting Zion as one of these injured players. He hadn't played all damn season. All-star. Just like I'm not counting Ben Simmons Simmons. as like an injured player. All-stars. All-stars. Look at the people that are not in the playoffs. LeBron James. The playoffs are just not the same without LeBron James. I I saw so many Twitter accounts say that this week. Maybe he should be better. Oh, yeah. When he started, like, hyping Patrick Beverly and then the Timberwolves went downhill, that was the best. That was the best last night. (laughs) Like, oh, Patrick Beverly, he's different. It's like, yeah. He's real different, LeBron. Him real and Kyle Kuzma on Twitter are like the equivalent of undisputed and first take on social media. Like they are just really bad at, at analyzing the NBA. Like they just be saying outlandish stuff. Uh, Kuzma is actually better at analyzing than uh, LeBron seems to be, but that's Dude, just LeBron just be he'd be like Magic Johnson when LeBron retires. He's just going to throw out these like hot takes like Magic Johnson. It's going to be great. Of course. Oh, of man. Course. When LeBron, it's going to be fun. Patrick Beverly, like, fuck him. And when he's, like, popping off, he's like, oh, John Morant, too small, too small. And he's throwing alley-oops and stuff. Like, it was great. It was all fun and games when you're up 20 and stuff. What happened? What happened, Patrick Beverly? John Morant, watch out in game two. Or game game. Game four. All right. Just please, please watch out. Patrick Beverly. I, I don't trust this guy around athletic point guards and knees. Like, please, please be careful. That is true. Patrick Beverly. That is true. <laughs> please be, be careful, John careful. Morant. Please be careful, John Morant from Patrick Beverly. Please. I don't need John Morant getting hurt next. Just don't need it. I don't yes. trust Patrick Beverly. Uh, yeah, please. Please, John Morant, we want you in the playoffs. We want you to verse these Warriors teams. I think that would be a very interesting uh, game because of how, you know, Memphis can turn it on defensively. The Warriors are just, like I said, they're a buzzsaw. They're a buzzsaw, and I'm so happy that the Warriors seem like they're back. This is the best this is the best way for the Suns to not make the NBA Finals. That's all I'm for. That's it's all I'm for. I need- Why do you hate why do you hate like good basketball and wanting the and seeing the best teams? SV3. Why I, do you hate that? I always say if the Lakers are not in the playoffs, if the Lakers are not in position to win, I need a team to hate. 
I need a team. <laughs> I need a team to despise all the years that the Lakers were out of the playoffs with the baby Lakers with, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Lonzo and Ingram and Kuzma and Randall. The, the only solace that I had was the fact that I could root against the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers, whatever team LeBron was on during those years, it was all fine and dandy because I just rooted against them. And it, yes, it backfired on some occasions, but it was it was the only solace that I had that I could root against LeBron teams. And then when LeBron joins the Lakers, if we don't make the playoffs, as long as you know, I didn't want I didn't want KD and and uh, the Warriors to win another title, so I rooted against them. And then they didn't win. I was all perfect and dandy. KD leaves, and then it was now time for the Lakers to be in the playoffs again. We won the bubble championship, the Mickey Mouse title. Uh, we we make it to the playoffs, and then we were up two one, ladies and gentlemen, before the basketball guys came down and shined the light in AD's eyes, and he went down. And then we lost that series. And ever since then, I've been directing my fury at the Phoenix Suns and more specifically CP3. It's not just because we share the same initials. It is because it is because he is he doesn't get the credit. He doesn't get the type of scrutiny that Doc Rivers gets for all those teams that he was also on that just choked that were up 3-1 and lost, that were up 3-2 in the conference finals, and he gets injured. He's injury-prone, he's a choke artist, and he's not going to win the championship because Steph Curry is better. I mean, Steph Curry is better than than Chris Paul. Like, I'm not going to... I only speak facts. I only speak facts. I'm not going to argue that, but... You're just a hater. You're a hate. You hate good basketball. As this is your real issue. This is your real issue. You watch the Lakers all season play their trash form of basketball. I don't even know if you can call it basketball the way they played at times. And then you see the Suns, just a well-oiled machine. You know, Chris Paul running the offense, Devin Booker doing his thing. Everybody, good role players. Everybody who knows what they're supposed to be doing, defined positions, unlike what they got going on. And the Lakers, where nobody knows what they're doing, and it's like, oh, am I supposed to pass the ball? Am I supposed to be here? Am I aren't you supposed to be guarding that guy? The Suns, they actually know what they're doing on a basketball court, and you're just so not used to that. You're like, this competent team, I don't like them. I don't like this competent team because I'm so used to incompetence that that's all I know. So I'm not rooting for competence. That's I'm, rooting for the, I'm rooting for the that's Warriors. Issue. That's I'm your real for issue. The Warriors. What? What? I think the Warriors are incompetent. I'm the rooting Warriors for the Warriors. Dealing with injuries and stuff all season. You just don't like competent basketball. You hate the Suns because last season they beat the Lakers, and you call, you're calling karma these injuries, karma. They beat the Lakers last season. You're on this Anthony Davis train of if we were healthy, we would have beaten the Suns. Last we season. We, we were up two one with the no. lead. We so? were up two one no. with the lead in the game that AD goes down. We so? would have won. He was the best player on the court through three games. Maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he shouldn't be so injury prone. Maybe he shouldn't be hurt. I'm saying the same thing about Chris. Maybe Paul. it's karma for the bubble championship where he was great. And maybe it's karma for them trading all these young guys. Wouldn't the Lakers be a lot better now if they had Lonzo and Ingram and, and uh, Kyle Kuzma? They were all playing very great. I, I'll hand Kuzma it to you. You got, the me there. Game, right? you got me there. You got me there. You got me there. 
the baby, if the baby Lakers were still on this team, see, I blame that on LeBron. I blame that on LeBron. Yeah, the GM comes in and just gets all these young guys traded. And let's get injury prone Anthony Davis. Let's get Wash declining Russell Westbrook. You know, maybe you should have trusted the process. That's working out for Philly right now. They got MVP Joel Embiid. Why can't Brandon Ingram be an MVP? My hands up. My hands up. You got me there. You got me there. I want the baby Lakers back on this team. I never, I was never down for trading all the baby Lakers for AD. I was trying to come up with ways that we could at least keep Ingram. That's who I knew. I knew was Ingram was going to be, no, no, Ingram was the key. Yeah, yeah, he was the key to getting, to making the trade done. So I was like, at least we kept Kuzma. <laughs> and then they traded him for Westbrook, and then even we though he was Kuzma one of their better defenders and could still score. <laughs> LeBron, who are they? I didn't. They I didn't have... expect. This. I didn't expect this Lakers slander. I thought we were talking about NBA playoffs. I even watched the second season of Too Hot to Handle, so we could talk about that. Uh, man, right? I, like my my significant other did not enjoy that first season. And I think the key with the first season, why she didn't enjoy it too much, is because it didn't have enough trash people. Season two, up the amount of trash people, and they just lost, yo, they nearly lost all the money. They started off with $100,000, and they got down to thirty grand <laughs> because motherfuckers was having sex on the show when they wasn't supposed to. Like, I was wondering. That was my whole thing in the first season. I was like, how much? is it gonna be if somebody has sex and then no one really had sex in that season and then this season they had sex and it was like what 20 grand or like ten thousand dollars for having sex i was like this season is peak but i we just started season three they are off to a, a storming start they are off to a storming start already they started off with 200 grand and they're up to seventy four thousand because they. oh so you're they, a few episodes into into season yeah, three yeah and they got back yes. to like the middle part of, yeah. of season three oh, where, dude. where when they we were got when we were watching this yeah they started with two hundred thousand, and then as they just kept going down kept going down so we were like it, they're just they're just blowing through they're blowing through more than the other uh seasons they, and they've had more and they've already lost all of it if this was the other season they'd be they'd be in the negatives right now like what are we doing what, what are, are we, we doing, doing here, here? <laughs> like they, they gave them the night alone nathan and, and holly and they was like they just let them go they was like just a, ch- a test to see if you're gonna follow the rules go ahead and then everybody else is around lana and lana's like oh this is also a test for y'all do y'all trust them enough to not do anything and you know you can get all your fifty-seven thousand dollars back and they and on the only one the hawaiian dude who's just been so oblivious Oh, that, poor, that poor dude tried to like tried to like say Seven. i love you in the first episode with his songs and shit yeah and then like that didn't work out for him and he's like oh okay well i guess i'm just like here now yeah everyone i gotta remember because we we just like binge watch season one through three within the span uh, of like two weeks so a lot of it just like legit like dude, we watched the first episode of season one immediately hooked and, and you know there were three seasons at this point so immediately hooked but by, by the time uh we were watching season one and so once they all through we were out we were like just going through it very very quickly so a lot of it just like runs together 
for me. So I'm like looking at the wiki uh, of everything. Uh, yeah, Holly, that's who like everyone was just like pining after. Like five people are like, oh, Holly, she's she's a, yeah. she's who I'm after. No, 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 no. Um, in season three, it wasn't it Georgia. Georgia was it Georgia? Yeah, okay. yeah, because because the go the dude that looks like Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Stephen. Oh yeah, that fucking guy. Yeah, he wanted to get. He was with her at first. Like she was like, "Oh, I'm interested in him because he's got the bad boy look." And then the Patrick dude is the dude from Hawaii who's like serenading her yes, and telling yeah. her he loves her. And then Harry, the the guy from England, he was kind of like on the outside looking in. Like he made out with her on the first night before they learned he, that they were on okay, too hot I don't to wanna... handle. I don't want to spoil anything from season three for you. And I don't remember it that well. Cause again, a lot of it just sort of runs together and we've watched so much trash television since then that like my memory on this stuff is just awful. Um, I, okay. All right. So I, I see, I kind of see what happens. All right, I won't spoil. Who is Harry with right now? Uh, he's with Bo. He okay. just got with uh, Bo because they were okay. just like friends at first. And then they started like vibing and stuff yes. and they just got the watches. So they were the first ones to get the green light. Oh, okay. okay. They gave Holly and uh, Nathan uh, the watches and they just like. Yeah, that um, didn't. They're like, they like Lana. Can you just turn it on so we can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Holly and Nathan had the very like, it was clearly just like a sexual relationship. Yeah. yeah they got that and it was like, okay, turn it on. And then. I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything for you, uh, so I, I won't say anything. But yeah, that's no worry. Just very... I, I, already, I already can see where that's going. Like it's not okay. Okay, it's so not going I'll, well. I'll, I'll I'll spoil this, and I apologize. Um, so like they do their, their like single date, and like all they talk about is like, all right, when's the light coming on? Like let's have sex, let's have sex, let's have sex, and it's like you know, it's about having genuine connections and stuff. And then they're just like so disappointed, of, like wait, why didn't we get like a green light? We're on our private date here. And we're we're having fun and stuff. Why didn't we get a green light? Like, all y'all talking about are fucking each other. Like yeah, all y'all talking about a green is, is is looks and like Bo. On the other hand, they show Bo and Bear and uh, Harry, and they're like, you know, I had my wall up, and you know, you it, yeah, you know, you told me that you like Georgia, so I didn't want to get you know my hopes up and get hurt in the process. Like they're talking about real feelings, like even to the point Harry says, like oh, I forgot the watch was there, and I was like, that's the whole point. That's how you make these real genuine connections, and it was just like man there are so many trash people on this show like when they even first put the watches on and they're like two of you people are gonna be gone and i I called it right from the start i was like it's gonna be jazz and uh truth because truth is already talking about he doesn't want to be on the show anymore because truth is the one that had the two girls jazz and uh izzy and he lied to both of them because they did the whole workshop where they were on top of each other and he's like yeah i I didn't feel this way with uh izzy and then he goes to izzy and he's like yeah i told jazz that i was more interested in you and he's like you don't you know on these reality shows you're always gonna get caught like regardless of if it's on the show or after they watch the show they're gonna realize you you lied to them so both girls were basically done with him and then after that he's like oh i don't want to make any genuine connections with everybody anybody i think i might leave and it was like obviously you're gonna go and then jazz she started uh, i think they brought in um I think his name is Obi, the guy that kind of he kind of looks like uh, Kofi Kingston in, in a way. Uh, they right. brought him on the show and he he was like, you know, actually feeling her. And she's like, oh, no, you're short. And, uh, you know, you're not the age that I want. And it's just like, are you even trying? Like, <laughs> you're not even trying here. 
there there's been a few of those throughout these seasons where it's like like season one uh who who ended up just like getting eliminated because oh the blonde chick that uh made out with francesca on yeah the yes yeah that, i mean there was there's always blondes on these yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm sorry i i forgot her name. <laughs> we, we're, we're we're into season three so i just they just i always know them by blonde brunette uh there's only certain people like season one i remember francesca because she was i think it was Haley. i think it was Haley. yeah i think who... that that might that sounds correct yeah she was just like yeah she made out with francesca and then after that, it was just very clear, like, she wasn't trying to form, like, any connections. And she's just like, I'm too good for this. Like, I don't need to be here type of thing. And then she just ended up getting eliminated, which is what, what should have happened. But, yeah, there's always that one person who just, like, doesn't actually understand what it's all about. Which, I mean, look, the premise of these shows are fucking stupid as hell. And I don't think anybody actually, like, I don't know if anybody, like, really, really changes when it comes to this stuff. If they do, bless them. But... I don't know how much these work. It's great television regardless. Um, yes. uh, but yeah, there's always that one person who is just like, I don't need this show. Like I'm, I'm just going to keep, and that, those are the people who just end up getting eliminated because they just can't change and see the point that Lana is trying to make. I do love when they do like, they try to like sneak stuff and it's like, Oh, Lana didn't see that. The cameras didn't see this. And so especially like when they're in bed at night and they're like, Oh yeah. Like, Nothing happens and everything. And it's like, oh no, actually, this happened. Like when they go, I don't, I think it might have been uh, Francesca in season one when they're like in the little private suite and they're like doing some like dry humping and yeah. stuff. And they're like, what did we do wrong? It's like, you motherfuckers are dry humping. Okay. Like I understand that this isn't full on sex, but the point is you can't do like anything. There's like some light cuddling and that's about it and like some cheek and forehead kisses that's like you guys are full-on dry humping all right like that's against the rules like we didn't do anything it's like you did you did you okay? definitely did you definitely did i was just like this or this last one the season three when they gave uh holly and nathan the night thing it was just like i was just hoping that they would listen to the people that had common sense because i think it was just jazz and harry that would just like Yo, don't don't trust them. Like, don't let's not trust them. And then everybody's listening to Patrick. Like, no, let's trust them. Let's try to get the money yeah. back. And then and then she's like, well, if you trust them and they fail, you lose fifty seven thousand dollars more. And then they come back and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we had a good night and stuff. It was like handcuffs and whips and it's just they're all just like, damn, like we know y'all y'all messed up, y'all messed up. And they, they, then he's like, they did not follow the rules. And it's just like, oh my God, they were just, it was like, and then Holly was the one that got mad at everybody else. Like, why did y'all trust us? Like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Because <laughs> all they did was kiss twice. And it's just like, for two kisses, for all of that, you should have just had sex. Like, you had the private squeed and you weren't going to follow the rules. You might have said, well, just gone that's, the full like, Monty. That's where we were when watching the show. It's like, okay, how much is this worth? How much is that worth? And it's like, if you're just going to do all of this, like if you're going to kiss this much or if you're going to do you know, oral stuff, whatever, it's like, just go ahead and have sex at that point. Yeah. Like, if you're going to jerk off, like I I don't know uh, if you've seen the one dude who, who I don't remember if it's this season, which season it is. One dude like jerks off in the shower because he can't like. Oh, um, what's his himself. name? Cam. Cam. In yeah. Season okay. two. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he was the one that got. Uh, then he gets offered uh, a shower with another girl when he's right. already got his girl uh, Emily. Yeah, 
So like, if you're just going to do that, like just, just go have sex at that point. Like just make it, make it worthwhile. If you're going to lose this much money, because when, when I'm watching it with the EP and we're talking about stuff, it's like, okay, well, how much do you lose? Like based on a, like if you, if it's just like a peck, is that still the 3000 or whatever it is as like a full on makeout? Cause if that's the case, just go ahead and make out. Like, yeah. and if you're, if you're going to do like, okay, if a, I, I don't remember the actual money, I'm just spitballing here. But like, if you're going to do like oral stuff and that's 10,000, but sex is 15, just have sex. Like just, Make it worthwhile if you're going to do it is basically the point. Yeah, because I think one of the ones in season two, I think it was uh, Cam and, and Emily, she just touches like his dick and that's like four grand and he didn't even get off. It's like, you should have just, it's only six grand if uh, you, you you actually blow your load. Like, why, why not spend the extra two grand if you're going to do that? Like, he still had blue balls to the point that he had to jerk off in the shower. Like, it's just like, bro, like, you should have just been had sex. Like, get it over with. Like, the Holly and Nathan one, it was, like, ridiculous. I think the first night, uh, they they blew, like, 30 grand because they doubled the amount because the um, the it wasn't three grand per kiss. It was then six grand. And they kissed five times and it was just like for all of that you should have just had sex right. six would have been 20 grand like you would have <laughs> you would have saved 10 grand oh man what just tremendous tremendous trash that this uh that this show is man like just just peak peak trash television i i hope it comes back for another you know what we're watching now you know what we actually just watched um I, we're probably not going to get the entourage reviews. Apologize uh, for people who right. tune in next, for entourage next, reviews. Yeah, next we'll get we'll get caught back up. That's it for sure. You know what we just watched? Uh, the Ultimatum on Netflix. Ooh. So it's it's the same people who did Love Is Blind. Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey host. Okay. Uh, and it's basically they showed a preview for it at like the end of season two for Love Is Blind. Uh, but basically, it's like th- this is so good. Uh, you, you've got to watch this SP three. Um, but it's basically like, it's, it's like five, it's six couples. I don't remember how many it is, but it starts off as six couples and six couples. And one person had, wants to get married and the other person is hesitant. And so they give them the ultimate of like, marry me or we're done. All six of these couples are in this position. So they bring them into this, this loft, this hotel, whatever it might be. And it's like, Hey, half of you want to get married to your partner. The other half are skeptical mingle pair up with a different person then you live with them for a week and do like a trial marriage and then you go back to your partner and then you see how things work there is this one scene on this show it's early it's it's during the choice like they all they all they're all gathered around this table and they make their choice of like i want to pair up with this person and do the trial marriage with them for for three weeks this is that this is after they've all mingled and stuff they this scene, honestly, SV3, one of the greatest reality television scenes I've ever watched. I've ever watched. I'm not exaggerating. I watch a lot of trash reality television. I watch a lot of trash like dating shows like this. This scene is like peak trash reality television. The way these people are talking and interact and like the shit that happens on this. It's not even like the talk, like the, the moments that happen during this scene. You've got to watch this show. When you finish Too Hot to Handle, go to the altar. You you watch Love is Blind. Yeah, yeah. I watched the yeah. first season and after the altar. 
Okay, so you'll you'll appreciate like this show and like the production and like the the format it is on. And you, did you watch Temptation Island? You've watched some of that, right? I've only watched like a few episodes when it went when it used to come on. I think it was after either Raw after or NXT. NXT. Yeah. yeah, I used to I used to watch it a little bit of that. Okay, so you are, like I just explained the concept to you. It's great trash reality concept. Like, hey, let's take these six couples where half people want to get married and the other half don't, and they're all just like doubting their relationship and stuff, and throw them in a building together. Like, it's a fucking tremendous, tremendous trashy concept. This scene, SP3, I'm telling you, you'll know it when you see it. When you watch this, you're gonna come back to me and you're gonna be like, Jeremy, oh my god, like that just blew my mind. Like you, you were right. Like that was just next level reality television. See, Josh says, I heard a lot of good things about the old man. There's nothing good about, sorry, John, I can't read. Uh, there's nothing good about this show. It's, it's God awful. It's terrible. <laughs> These people are terrible, but man, it's some great reality TV. I, I will say the, the too hot to handle season two, season three, you've, you were, you were correct. This is great trash uh, television. So I'm going to see if I could talk, uh, the wifey into watching ultimatum as well so we'll it's, see if we can we, we were can trying to we were trying to figure out something to watch and i remember seeing the preview for it after season two um and i knew it premiered like after wrestlemania week and i was like oh yeah like that happened but then it slipped my mind and so last week we, we binge watched this show in like three days and we timed it to where like the final episodes were released this past monday so like instead of watching raw we just watched like the the final three episodes of it uh so yeah we timed it out like perfectly to where we could just easily binge it not have to wait on it or anything but like yeah on like friday night or, or thursday night last week i was like oh you know what we should watch and like we both just looked at each other and we're like ultimatum because we remembered that it was a thing so ep and i were on the same page it's so fucking good sp3 you gotta watch it it's beautiful. so good beautiful so stuff good. that's that's love right there ladies and gentlemen when you look at each other and you know exactly what you know exactly watch. what trashy show you want to watch we're watching x on the beach now like we we just... finished we we finished all three seasons of the circle uh that nice. that was actually really good just yeah. just because uh see i we watched it like in the wrong order okay uh -huh. Um, we watched season three first, then we watched season one, and then we watched season two. And season two, like they had the winner was someone who like posed as their husband, and yeah. like it was just it was like it was like mind boggling because there was so many signs that this wasn't a man. Like I was like I was like, how did this person win? But that's just how it is uh, with with these shows. That that's a very I love that concept though. Like because it it had two seasons where actual people won the show that went in as themselves, and then that one season was the only one that a catfish actually won. So I find that the circle very interesting. They got new episodes I think coming out May 9th. So oh, season today. four, nice. yeah. Nice. I don't, I'm going to try to talk to EP into going back and, and rewatching that. I don't know if she's going to like fully like it. She likes the, like the, the dating stuff. Like that's what I've like really sold her on is like the, the dating stuff, but she, she might get into it and enjoy it. I remember why I watched the UK because this started off as a UK show, the circle. And I watched the UK seasons first and it was like really good. And then it brought, it got brought to the US and yeah, that was yeah. one of my favorite shows to watch. I'm glad there's new seasons coming out. 
yeah, like I really liked season three, and then season one I got into once Ed came in because I was like, I I know yes. Ed from, Ed, from, from right. the challenge. I was like, oh, and he came in with his mom too. It yeah. was funny. It was funny. It was like, oh, and then I got into season two because Ed's brother comes in. I'm like, yeah, you can obviously tell this is Ed's brother because he looked <laughs> exactly like Ed, and I was like, oh, I want him to actually win. And then he got he got basically cut the same time as uh, his brother, but yeah. <laughs> but it's it, it that is a fun concept. Concept. so yeah these are these are the reality shows for for people who watch ladies and gentlemen circle two out to handle temptation island ultimatum there you go just the trashiest of trash uh i got bam says coffee and listening to you guys good start today thanks bam appreciate it man hope everyone has a a very good friday i am off all weekend my parents are visiting me first time my parents are visiting me since i moved to ohio last february so i'm gonna treat them to the the great state of of Ohio should be a fun weekend. SB3, what are you getting into this weekend? Uh well got True Hill Heat tomorrow, eleven oh five AM Eastern time. It's gonna be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, as my daughter talks in the background. <laughs> it's gonna be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Cassidy Haynes of Body Slam hey, so Check us out. True Hill Heat 172. We're gonna be talking about Kushida leaving WWE. FTR, all that good stuff. So that's going to be fun. And then other than that, uh, yeah, we're just going to be, we're probably going to, I'm going to take my kids to the park like I usually do. Um, I think we have, I have to catch up on Ozark as well because Ozark part two, the season four part two starts uh, next weekend. So got to get that out the way. Take Check out the Jimmy Macaram YouTube channel where I watch and react to those, to, to that show. So that's going to be fun as well. And then NBA, NBA playoffs. That's what I'm going to be be watching it comes on at a, a a more reasonable time on the weekends so i can yeah. always catch those games so that's always fun as well so that's what i'm going to be doing with my weekend family stuff true hill heat and catching up on shows busy man sp3 you deserve you deserve a break as well uh everyone get over to fightful overbooked sp3 is going to be there in just a couple moments with uh steven jensen doing degrassi dudes so everyone go over there support them tells you visit steven jensen and said hello uh and everybody no matter what you're doing this weekend have a good weekend everyone you will not hear from me until Monday, I'm logging off of Twitter outside. I'm sure I'll tweet some dumb shit. But smart, smart move. Um, and I'm so excited to just get away from everything, see my family, uh, spend a bunch of money on stuff. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. Everyone, I think we're going bowling tomorrow. That'd be fun. Uh, my parents no. are taking taking EP and I out to a nice dinner tonight. So. Oh, this is this is this is wonderful. I, I, we got to at least get pictures next week. At least, uh, at least a picture. I'll take yeah, I'll take a picture of. I mean, I'm sure my mom's a big star. She's been on the show, so yeah. you know she yeah. she's got an ego about her. Uh, so I'll I'll take a I'll take a little family photo. Tonight. I re- I remember when she called on here and I said I loved her work. Yes, she, she she did. That's right. She did call on this show. I forgot. My mom, she really is. She's been on like all of these shows. My mom, she's she's a star, man. Uh, guys, enjoy your weekend, whatever you're doing. Uh, everyone take care. We'll be back next week talking playoffs and more fun stuff. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.